Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Thank you for joining us on the First Energy Cleveland Cavaliers Radio Network. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Alcorn and Jim Jones. From the Cavaliers Radio Production Studios at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in downtown Cleveland. Hi again, everybody. It is Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great to have Betway on board as the presenting sponsor of Cavs HQ. And great to have you on board as far as joining us for this week's edition. And great to have back Jim Jones. He's had a couple of weeks off. So, uh, Jimmy, always a pleasure to hear your voice in my headphones. Well, it's good to be, you know, we usually say it's good to be seen. In this case, it's good to be heard. There you go. Tell you what, it's been a busy time for the Cavaliers. A, a lot of talk out there. They, they've got that number three pick in the upcoming NBA draft. And you talk about a great guest to talk NBA draft and NBA basketball. We're going to hear from Terry Pluto in just a couple of moments. Yeah, and Terry uh, is one of those special people. And such a humble guy. I, I don't really want to bust his bubble, but... I place him as one of the top four all time in uh, sports, basketball, reporting and writing. Uh, his clarity, his insights are uh, no one in our league can match that. Oh, his columns are just phenomenal. Of course, just a tremendous author. All of the books that he's written uh, are just fabulous. So we look forward to our conversation with Terry Pluto. And that's coming up in just a couple of moments. And Jim, you and I will talk NBA Finals as well with the Phoenix up two to nothing. Oh yes, we will. An exciting Finals uh, with a lot of new faces, Tim. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we've got a busy show ahead. So stay with us. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Garland comes left of the lane. Garland. Pulls up, shoots, good on a teardrop. Oh, what a tough one from Darius Garland. Okoro to the line, into the lane. Okoro puts it up off the glass, and it rolled in for Isaac. Okoro with 32. Prince knocks the ball into the backcourt, picked up by Garland. Alley-oop to Allen. Pow! Oh, oh, my! What a sequence. Sexton left side, contested three. Good! Good! Sexton hit it! Sexton hit the three, 1.2 to go. He hit it. Sexton hit it over Kyrie Irving. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Boy, someone's got to tell that play-by-play guy to calm down a little bit. It's good to hear those highlights, though, as we talk Cavaliers basketball. And, of course, a guy that has covered Cavaliers basketball for many many years in his extraordinary career here in Cleveland. Terry Pluto, it's always great to chat basketball with Terry, and he now joins us in this week's edition of Cavs HQ. Terry, great to have you on board. We're going to talk a little Cavs here, as uh, there seems to be a buzz around town about this Cavalier team, especially once they landed that number three pick in the uh, NBA draft coming up later this month. Yeah, I'm happy about that, too, because when you're drafting, I forgot what was the lowest it could have been, seventh or whatever it would have been. That's hard. 
to get real excited about. Or when you're third, then you could even talk like Chris Fito wrote a column the other day. Could they trade up for number one? It's been done. Uh, you could look at that. Or just simply the fact that you got a chance to get a pretty good player there. Yeah, Terry, uh, I just want to ingratiate you first a little bit. I know you don't like to talk on this level, but but uh, there's only four guys that I copy stuff from religiously. I've, I've already told you in the past I copy a lot of what you write. I put it in my commentary. But you, uh, Ashberger, uh, Kawasaki out in San Francisco, and uh, Sam Smith, you four guys are the best in our game for knowing knowledge, understanding of the game, and uh, also how this game has changed. And, and uh, your consistency in your writing is unmatched. Uh, every season, Terry, at least three to five times a season, people refer to me, oh, you're the guy that Terry Pluto wrote about in Loose Balls. So you made me infamous, and I appreciate it. Yeah, well, that's it. good. And, yeah, infamous or whatever, and you got to be in Joe's book, and I think you're yeah. vintage calves. You've been in a couple of my books. Yeah, yeah, and I thank you, but it hasn't equated to a bigger paycheck, Terry, and, that, and that's <laughs> no. the problem. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but guess basket, what? All of us. What's well, that? Alcorn's still real young, but the rest of us. I mean, we're still fooling them into our sixties. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm seventy-one. You know, so uh, we definitely there you still go. fooling them. Yeah, but the one thing I did want to talk to you about is uh, the challenge of having that third pick. Because you and I know that one through three, not four, five, six, one through three, you're really looking at a starter you mm-hmm. know, when, you, when you pick that high. What's your response to that? Well, and also, I mean, if you're Kobe Altman, this is a um, this will probably make or break your job, yeah. how you handle this summer. Not only with uh, do you get the right guy with number three, uh, what do you do with Sexton, you know, all those kind of things, how to handle Kevin Love. But if you mess up the number three pick, even if you get some of those other things right, you've got a big problem. And, Jim, as you said, this should be a guy that uh, is is ready to start, and not just ready to start simply because he was drafted high. He should be good enough. It's possible he may struggle, you know, the first 20 games or whatever. But by midseason, he should really be looking like an NBA starter. That's exactly right. So when you look at that in in, in that form, Terry, uh, who's the best fit for the Cavaliers as far as just coming in and starting right out of the shoot? For me, it's Jalen Suggs, and maybe it's just because I saw more of him in an NCAA tournament. It's easier to judge. But also, he just seems to have more of the maturity, the things you look at. I think he could play in the backcourt with Garland or, or Sexton, whatever, and and do really well uh, that way, just fit in. Uh, I know the uh, Jalen Green is extremely athletic and talented, uh, but, boy, you know he, he puts up a lot of shots. Now, a lot of people have told me I'm wrong on that, that that's the guy they should take. Uh, but I, I just really like Suggs. I think that he's the kind of guy that makes you makes you better, can play right away. Um, you know, it sucks to me, like you walk at how uh, – you know, Phoenix and Milwaukee and some of these teams have taken steps forward. They've taken it with some of the, yeah, they may have a, a guy like Booker who's, you know, an extremely talented guy, but they also have taken younger guys who just seem mature for their age. Right. That's exactly yeah. right. I mean, these guys play above their age level. So Mike Ter- Bridges is, is a really good player for Phoenix. There's some of the others, but that's, 
that's what struck me. And because I, I tell you, I, I'm sure Jimmy, you go nuts with this. These kids are all 19. How are we supposed to know what to think of that? <laughs> you know, but do you know what Terry? The confusing thing is, most of those kids are highly skilled, and they have mature basketball games. But the problem is just that. What happens when you're off the court? How are they, are they mm-hmm. receptive to change? Are they receptive to criticism? All of those intangibles that can make or break a young player can make or break. And also, player. just when you you are facing men out there on the court, you're mm-hmm. you, you know if you break down the skills, like for example that Jalen Green, the skills are are can he run? Can he jump? Uh, all this the wingspan, they, all that stuff is great. But it's difficult when he's out there facing some 30-year-olds and these guys who just know how to size you up. And the funny thing that I've always found is a lot of these younger guys, you know, they'll face some guys been in the league, you know, nine years, he's been with five teams, you think he's nobody, and they get their butts kicked because there's a reason he's been with five teams in nine years because he knows how to play. Yeah. Terry, you, you alluded to, uh, you know, again, there's a lot of chatter out there right now about – Boy, uh-huh. would they even think about moving up, getting to that number one spot? Uh, boy, is, is is Cunningham that elite? I guess it depends on the price. I mean, you'd, I'd rather have Cunningham than anybody else in the draft. Um, and I would be willing to trade, you know, somebody like you know, Sexton and and the three, and you know, some other future pick to move up. But if you're Detroit. Um, that's a hard thing to do because you need somebody to build that team around. Yep. And, you know, do you build your team around J1 Suggs, Sexton, and, and a future pick? That, that's hard. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of guts, Terry. It takes guts. Uh, yeah. And uh, that guts has be the foundation of guts, as we know in our business and most businesses, is doing your research, really understanding, mm-hmm. having a clear idea as to what it takes to win. Good point. All right, we're going to take a quick time out. Terry Pluto joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Always good to chat with Terry. So we'll hear more right after this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us. Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, great guest on this week's edition of Cavs HQ. Terry Pluto stopping by to talk Cavs and NBA basketball. And, of course, making things rock on the other side of the window. Marty Allen along with Kurt McLaughlin and Leo Simone. Terry, one of my favorite aspects of your column uh, – Every one of your columns are just terrific, and I'm not just blowing smoke. But I love when you do. You ask yourself a question, and then you answer it. You ask yourself a question, and then you answer it. And I think this Cavs draft and this number three pick and some of the options that are out there, I think everybody's doing that because no matter what question you ask, it's like a puzzle. It's like a Rubik's Cube. If they end up with Suggs, what do they do? If they end up with Green, if they end up with Mobley, we didn't even talk about Mobley in the last segment. I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces here. It's almost like a Rubik's Cube, agree? Yes, and one of the reasons I do that, the idea is to keep the reader reading you. So whether it's scribbles with numbers or talking to myself, it it doesn't look like a green glob on your screen, uh, you know, just a big glob of print on your screen or on, on in the paper. 
So that's one thing. Also, it's a good way to walk through stats in, in different ways as opposed to long paragraphs. So that's, you know, kind of that's the X's and O's of my business. But in terms of your other thing, the one thing we did mention, I wrote about this last week, you know, Ben Simmons is hanging out there. In fact, Jim, what do you think of him? I, I don't know what to think of him. What do you think of him? Uh, once again, Terry, the old adage, uh, you're only as good as the team that drafts you, uh, falls into place. I just believe that Ben Simmons uh, did not have the confidence of the, of the coaching staff because there is no way a kid they could do so many other things than shoot that he should be as bad a shooter as he is. And somehow, some way, a lot of people dropped the ball, even if maybe as even his agent uh, mm-hmm. have not been able to get through to him the importance of scoring. This is about scoring points in our league. Oh, you can talk defense all you want, but more, but 90% of the people who make our all-star teams are also our best scorers. So, uh, sure. so you know, you know, so so uh, he dropped the ball. He's intriguing, Terry, because I just think if you can get to him emotionally and mentally, I think that if he can make 43 to 44% of his jump shots, they're talking about changing him to a right hand. They're talking about doing a whole bunch of things. Okay, let's. Okay, all that sounds good. Let's do it. But uh, he's a valuable piece. A lot of people around the league want this kid. The unique mm-hmm. thing I found about what what Kobe and his staff have done is that based upon their picks and it looks like their strategies, they've left themselves open, Terry, for a lot of possibilities, and that's to their credit. Yeah, the, the question there would be, when a guy's shot is really broken, can you at least half-fix it? Because, you, as you, you mentioned, you're so talented. You don't have to turn him into Mark Price. Right. Um, you, you just don't want him to be, um, you know, we can't even make 50%. And the interesting thing to me I was thinking about, when they first got Andre Drummond, I think they were 5-6 and six when he played the year before, mm-hmm. and they were right around 500, a little bit under when they made a Jared Allen trade, and all that went south. But if you look just the impact that guy made mm-hmm. with his, you know, flawed game, but with his rebounding and, and defense and that, uh, it suddenly made them more of a viable team. And so whether it's Simmons or someone else, I think that's a kind of move along with the third pick they need to make because you can't just have the worst team in the NBA year after year. You can't. No, you can't. No, no you can't. Uh, it takes patience, and uh, the traditional way of building through the draft, it sounds good, but at some point you've got to be able to attract veteran players. They don't necessarily have to be the best players or a superstar, but out of the draft you should be getting your best player and your second best player. And then if you, mm-hmm. if possible, Terry, and I know you agree, now if you get a guy like Tucker or a guy like Drew Holiday, now you've got something to support players around them that have experience. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, that's the Phoenix Suns, isn't it? Same thing. Yeah, well, right. There are, that's why I said there are people uh, that you can bring in. And, you know, Simmons is the biggest name floating around out there. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not totally sold. But just when I thought back to, the little bit they did get out of Drummond um, mm-hmm. before you know his emotions went off the rails and Allen and contracts and so on. But that right. you know that that's that would be the case there. I mean, if you were able to get you know get rid of Kevin Love and that kind of deal, 
and do something else, you really have to think about that. Um, so, Terry, circling back to the question where you ask yourself questions and then answer them in your column, what's the question that's kind of floating around in your mind right now? What's the biggest question that you're asking yourself and you think needs to be answered about this Cavs team? I didn't, mean to, find... I didn't mean to stump you there, Terry. So... <laughs> no, it is because I want to put it in English as opposed to just blobbering. What kind of team do you want to have? What is your identity? And one of the things they did have when Drummond was here is suddenly they were pretty good defensively. They rebounded, and they were middle of the pack on their defensive efficiency. At least they were something. Because when you're nothing, that's what you watch the second half of the season. You don't particularly score a lot. You don't defend. You don't rebound all that great. You just got a bunch of young guys running around. And that's got to stop. Great point. Really, really good point. Again, we're talking with Terry Pluto joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. So, Terry, uh, as we begin to wind things down, uh, just kind of looking into that crystal ball when July 29th rolls around, the NBA draft at the Barclays Center, do you think the Cavs are picking third, or do you foresee some movement? I think they pick third, but I think something else might be involved. You know, some other type of trade, maybe not necessarily with that pick, but a future pick where they pick something else up. Um, I mean, if I'm Kobe Altman, I'm feeling a lot of pressure to do something. And also, I mean, you're sitting there, you're going to have Sexton's agent's going to want a max contract, and he's going to roll out a couple examples of guys that are sort of like Sexton and got all this money. And, you know, that you can't do that. And you have to figure out what to do about Jared Allen. I mean, one of the possibilities, you do a sign-and-trade with Jared Allen, you take Mobley. I mean, some people have talked about doing that. I mean, I don't know if that's a good idea. But that's something out that, that I've heard hanging out there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be intriguing. Uh, uh, and uh, you better believe that Dan Gilbert uh, has his pulse on whatever move they make. And, oh, you know, sure. One th- and one thing that uh, I've learned from Dan uh, is that in business, you don't choose sides. You choose opportunities. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he's stressing to these kids, uh, Kobe and the staff, to stay open-minded, uh, you know, be objective, but also uh, be very aware that we're looking for opportunities. And that third pick, everybody wants that pick. You better believe it. Yeah, so they, whether it's with the third pick or something else, you know, a trade that you don't see coming. Sure. I wanted to say something about Okoro. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought... This guy ended up having a pretty good year, given all the garbage that he had to deal with. And that, by me, I just meant all the different changes and different things, you know, the, all the combinations and and that. Uh, and he's only 19. And he, uh, you know, he he's the kind of guy. I mean, I've had two GMs tell me that the Cavs should just put him in the backcourt with Garland. That's what they would do. Yeah. Jim and I thought he, he did very, very well at that two spot. I mean, he had yeah. some wonderful games at the two. Mm-hmm. And then he takes some of the pressure off of Garland because of the size. You know, he could help the defensively in that. So uh, that's something to think about uh, as they as they go as they look at next year. I mean, it's like they've got a bunch of these pieces, but it, it's like your puzzle is missing. You got a six piece puzzle, and you got like three that fit, and you got one or two others that are would be nice in a different puzzle, but not the puzzle I'm building. So that's, that's what they have to – what do you do with the pieces that don't seem to fit? There you go. 
Hey, before we let you go, when's your next book coming out? And there's nothing like a Terry Pluto book, especially when you're on the yeah. team plane. <laughs> I have to finish writing it, so then we'll know then. So, you know, I'll tell you one thing. I never want to bring a book out right before the pandemic again. So that's what happened to the That was not the best timing I've ever had for a book. But that's still a good book, so you know, hopefully people would pick it up. All your books are great. Hey, they're just yes, they great are. reads. And uh, Jim alluded to earlier, Loose Balls, my favorite book of all time. I've read yep. that like five times. It's just side-splittingly funny. All right, my friend, uh, always good to chat with you. This was great conversation talking Cavs, and uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch uh, following July 29th because some interesting things are going to happen between now and then. Thank you, Terry. Great, thanks. Call any time, guys. All right, thanks, Terry. Terry Pluto joining us here on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great conversation with Terry. We'll have more following this on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Help decide which of Goodyear's from Garage to Glory finalists should win and ultimately play at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Induction Fest. Cast your vote for a chance to win $1,000. No purchase necessary. Rules and details at www.fromgaragetoglory.com. Cavs in the Community is brought to you by Discount Drug Mart. We'll be right back with more Cavs HQ presented by Betway. Cavs HQ presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Great to have you with us. And again, great to have Jim Jones rejoin us this week. Although a huge thank you goes out to Mike Snyder, who filled in the past couple of programs and did an outstanding job. Well, Jim, uh, we just heard from Terry Pluto talking about the NBA draft and the Cavs landing that number three pick in the lottery. And uh, Terry had some interesting thoughts. And I, I thought right at the end where he talked about all the different pieces but do they all fit? And that's really the huge decision, not only for Kobe, but for J.B. Bickerstaff and the staff, correct? Yeah, I think, I think that's a big part of it. Another part of it is uh, they know they have young talent. Uh, the second thing is that there is a challenge on how to bring that together. Uh, the third pick is usually the kind of player you get that's going to be a starter. So that's going to help in a lot of respects based upon what they think they need and, uh, and uh, the opportunity to get the kind of kid that they want. I just believe that because of the way the Cavs have positioned themselves over the recent years has afforded them the opportunity to be flexible. And that flexibility is really concerned with to go uh, big, go wing, go combo and go whatever, and it's been reflective in their drafting. I just think they're in a good situation, and uh, they're going to get a good player or good players. I don't know. I don't, I'm not in that room. I could really tell you what they're going to do. But based upon how they've done in the recent past, they position themselves to be flexible. Well, I thought it was interesting that Terry also said he thinks in the end on draft night the Cavs will be picking third. They'll stay where they are. But there are other moves that can still be made. In other words, uh, Gobi may elect to just stay at three, and they're going to get a great player at number three. But uh, there's other pieces to that puzzle, to uh, use that analogy again, that uh, his work may not be done. No, it's a trade possibilities. 
you know, we've got a lot of hot players, you know, a lot of players who can play well in other systems, a lot of young players that have tremendous amount of potential, and that potential was showcased by Coach Bickerstaff in the second half of the season. For the most part, they stayed competitive in spite of their youth and inexperience. They were given the opportunity to show what they could do. And there's a lot of teams around the league that would lot of have that would love to have some of the pieces we have. Well, there's no doubt about that. Jim, you often hear going into a draft, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, uh, they talk about need versus talent. Do you take the best player up on that board or do you address a need? If you look at it from a needs perspective, and you and I sat there and called 72 Cavs games this year, what would be the biggest need for this team? Well, I'm going to put it like this, and I'm not avoiding the question, but it plays right into the way I think and the way most people think. The biggest need is uh, to get a talented player. And uh, based upon the way the game is played, a young player that has the potential or already has the skill set to do more than one thing. That's what's going to make them a starter. We don't have the luxury just to get a kid to fit in a certain position right now because we're still developing a roster. We're still develop, developing a solid starting five. So I think it's a, we need a talented player. And that's my definition and profile of a talented player. A kid that could do multiple things already or has the potential to be. That's a very, very interesting point. Again, Jim Jones and I bringing it to you on Cavs HQ presented by Betway. So, Jim, now that you you kind of size up this draft class, uh, you were you and I were chatting before we rolled here. Uh, you really think it's a top three draft, uh, maybe even four, but you don't think it really goes as far as elite players are concerned much deeper than that. Oh well, 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 well listen. If I said that, uh, uh, let me explain it. Uh, I totally think to the contrary. I think this draft is really about anywhere from 8 to 12 player deep. And that and by that I mean you may get a starter. Okay. You okay. you may get a young kid who comes off the bench to play starter minutes or you may get a kid that by his second or third year becomes a starter. I think you can get that in the first 8 to 10 players that are going to be drafted. This is a beautiful gotcha. young, very young, talented group of players there's never been a group like this you can talk about lebron and all those guys but i'm telling you right now that with those first eight to ten players there's a tremendous amount of talent that would suit most teams that are in need so again the cavaliers are going to end up with an outstanding player that's going to really uh continue the upward trajectory of this basketball team you're exactly right you're all over it tim all right jim jones and i talking NBA Draft on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Of course, Jim and I still need to delve into the NBA Finals, Game 3 of the NBA Finals coming up tonight between Milwaukee and Phoenix. So, uh, Jim, uh, before we take the break, uh, boy, has this surprised you the way Phoenix has jumped out? Uh, It did in their first round. But as I kept watching them, I saw something in the way they play. First of all, they play together. They want to play together, and they're not afraid of the moment. And, Tim, they can score. Oh, man. I mean, they've got shooters. I mean, not not just shooters. They've got real shooters that if you leave these kids open or they see light, 
they can make shots. They've got about five kids on that team that if you leave them open with ball movement, they will burn you every time. Yep. So we'll take a deeper dive into the NBA Finals when we come back on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Cameron Payne with the rebound, and you can put this baby in the old deep freeze. Two seconds, one second, Suns win, and the Suns have taken game two of the NBA Finals over the Milwaukee Bucks. The final score here in Phoenix tonight, the Suns 118, the Milwaukee Bucks 108. And we welcome you back, Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. Great to have you with us along the First Energy Cavaliers radio network. Tim Elkhorn, Jim Jones, and of course on the other side of the window, Marty Allen, Kurt McLaughlin, and Leo Simone. Boy, it's been a great program this morning. And yet, Jim, we have yet to delve into the NBA Finals as Game 3 tonight. And of course, uh, out in Phoenix the Suns bolt out to a 2 to nothing lead in the NBA Finals. So before we delve into some specifics here, just your overall thoughts on how these first two games played out. Well, I think they played out true to form, uh, you know, for the Suns. They played their style of play. But there's so many storylines, Tim. There's the new faces uh, in the NBA Finals, and, and then there's the Al McCoy finally getting there again. Right. Uh, Chris Paul, of course, the leader of this young Suns team. And then you've got Monty Williams, uh, you know, you've got his story. Well, let's kind of go in reverse order. We'll start with the last guy you mentioned, Monty Williams. What a job he has done, and what an example of leadership for a young basketball team and that special relationship that he has with Chris Paul. Just talk about Monty Williams and what the head coach of the Phoenix Suns has meant to their overall success. The first thing is everyone knows his story about his wife, uh, in the car accident and lost her mm-hmm. and how he persevered and uh, and uh, stayed strong and his commentary uh, after the event was so strong it was inspiring to a lot of people uh, many of those people outside of basketball but the, the unique thing about Monty is his relationship with his players and he's a hands-on guy in this respect not as far as uh, giving instructions or strategies but he's hands-on in the personal relationship of his players. And I think that's fundamentally correct, especially when you have young players. The X's and O's usually take care of themselves, but the motivating factors for that coach and player relationship to be positive has to be the kind of relationship Monty has with all of his players, but especially his young kids. Jim, how do you define he's a player's coach? How do you personally define that? Respect, leadership knowing when to take a step back and let those guys flourish. All of that takes tremendous amount of experience. Uh, it takes a tremendous amount of character from the head coach and an understanding. It takes a strong uh, staff and that he has that have their own ideas but are not afraid to express them with the coach. Also, it takes the leadership above the coach. In this case, is James Jones, who this season was voted executive of the year. Right, And uh, then you have to make the right moves, Tim, and that takes a lot of luck. Again, we're talking NBA Finals on this edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. So, Jim, uh, let's delve into what's transpired on the floor. What's the biggest 
matchup problem. I know during the season, you and I like to talk man-to-man. So when we talk man-to-man as far as Phoenix and Milwaukee, what has proven to be the biggest matchup differential on the floor? Well, I think you hit it on the head, and it it can't be overlooked. Uh, The inability to match up. You've got two different teams that have fundamentally two different strategies, and those strategies, uh, uh, they're conflicting. And the one that's winning out so far has been the Phoenix Suns. Let me give you an example. The style of play they play, the Bucks, is a style very reminiscent of LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, that style of play. ISO, one-on-one, ball dominance, either if I don't dribble it up and control it, I'm at least the first and second option, which allows the defense to set. The Bucks are fundamentally a half-court team. And when you play half court, you minimize your possessions because you use more of the clock before the shot is taken. On the other hand, when you look at the Suns, they're a transition team. That means they'll shoot early in the clock. They become a threat in that respect. And then their dribble penetration, when you collapse, they're very good and smart at reading the defense and making the right decisions. But the fundamentals of it is the pace of the game and the inability of the Bucks to match up to that style of play. So we talked earlier about Monty Williams and what a great job he's done. On the flip side, you've got Mike Budenholzer, the head coach of Milwaukee. So game three tonight, what sort of adjustments can Milwaukee make or do they need to make to get themselves back in the series? Well, uh, you don't have a lot of time to make a lot of changes, but you do have to modify some things that you're doing. I think they have to make better decisions in their defensive rotations, not overcommit and be so concerned about getting to the shot or protecting the paint in such a way that they overcommit and make those guys around them defensively weaker because they don't have a wall or they don't have a sense of when to rotate. The Bucks looked a little confused on defense because this uh, Suns team, you, you can't guard them just in half court. You have to understand that their biggest threat is shooting early in the clock in transition off of turnovers or after made baskets. They get the ball up the floor. They're looking for open looks early in the clock, and that puts a lot of pressure on your defense. And so far, the Bucks have had good defensive spurts at times, but they weren't able to maintain it because going back again to the physical matchup and the talent skill set matchup that they're not able to match up with. So, in essence, uh, you feel as though Phoenix is really the prohibitive favorite just to close this out. Well, they won two straight. Right. The pivotal game for the Bucks is this, is this game, game three. If they can win this first game at home, it's a momentum builder. They're, they've been tough all season and in the playoffs at home. That puts them in a better position of hope. And you mentioned uh, Al McCoy, and, of course, uh, we oh, had yes. him – we had him in our Legends chair uh, several weeks ago, uh, 88 years old, uh, 49th year calling Phoenix Suns basketball. Uh, what a joy this must be for Al McCoy to have this team, uh, the Phoenix Suns team, on the brink of their first ever NBA championship. Yeah, I'm sure it is. The thing I like about it was the tease you guys did in the open. And uh, his voice is strong as ever, yes. still has that enthusiasm. You know, and so he's right on top of it as always. Hall of Famer, all of those things. Uh, name is synonymous with the Phoenix Suns. Al is having a great run right now. There's no doubt. And before we close this out, talking about the NBA Finals, 
Chris Paul, that veteran leader, no matter where he goes, he seems to elevate a team. And boy, was he the perfect piece of the puzzle to slot into Phoenix to take them to this level. Agree, Jim? Yeah, he was. You know, I heard some announcers talk about the other day that that uh, Chris has changed his tune. No, Chris Paul is the same as here as he was in Oklahoma, as he was in other places that he's had stops. The thing about it is that these young players being led by Monty Williams and James Jones in the front office are more receptive to his style of conversation and his leadership. Uh, he hasn't changed. This is the same Chris Paul that played for other teams. Uh, Houston, who wouldn't listen to him. Uh, Oklahoma, the, you know, they were just too young. And so now he's found the right mix. He's found someone he has a kinship with in Monty because they were together in New Orleans. So there's a relationship there, you know, and everybody gets along with James Jones, who's a superior mind. I remember times on the plane, Tim, when we might have had a small hiccup or losing streak, and he and Kevin Love would come back there and prop their butts on my empty seat, which I used because I was so damn big. And uh, they would sit there and talk and ask me questions. And I remember one particular time before the 2016 championship, we weren't playing well, getting ready to go into the playoffs. The question they asked me was, Jones, do we have time? And I said, sure, you've got time. you got eight games. I said, you've got eight games and you've got a bevy of work behind you to support you. All you need to do is do a few things better. And I remember that particular with Kevin and I remember with James Jones and I listened to James and the conversation that we had let me know that this was not a guy who wanted to be coached, but wanted to be an upper management guy. And he let that be known. Oh, that's awesome. Great story to close out the segment. We'll take a quick time out. More to come on Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. After this, on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Welcome back to Cavs HQ, presented by Betway. I'm the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. Tim Elkhorn, along with Jim Jones. Boy, great show today. Thanks to Terry Pluto for dropping by. Of course, over the 4th of July weekend, uh, some tragic news struck the Cavaliers and Monsters family as Columbus Blue Jackets goalie Matisse Kivlenix, who spent some time here in Cleveland with the Monsters, uh, tragically died in a fireworks accident on the 4th of July. But, boy, he had some great moments here with the Monsters, as called by Tony Brown. Monsters trying to push out of their own zone. Turnover, though, Hronik into the middle. Pumpo, what a save by Kiv Lennox. Great push from the right post for Matisse in a glove stop with style and with panache. He denies the shooter. Chicago right back into the Cleveland zone with only five seconds left now in the period. Centered in front, all alone. Vaughn, what a save by Kiv Lennox. The best of the year, perhaps. Matisse Stone, Scooter Vaughn. Scott up the left side for the Monsters. Over his own blue line, he turned it over in a dangerous spot. Carey feeds back. Rotowald right circle. Centers in front. Great save for Kiv Lennox. Opportunity for Aaron Luchuk and Belleville. The man they call Kivy the Kid with a dandy in the Monsters. Maintain that one-nothing lead. Yeah, Tony Brown with the call. Great saves there when he was with the Monsters by Matisse Kevlenix. 
And again, Jim, our deepest sympathies. Boy, earlier in the yes. show we were talking about these young NBA players, and of course Matisse was only 24 years old. Such a tragedy. Mm. So our thoughts and prayers with his family. Yeah, Tim, and uh, 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 my condolences to his family. One of those young, talented players. Yes. And it just seems so awfully wrong, you know, to die at such a young age. But then again, such is the nature of life. Yep. So, again, uh, deepest sympathies goes out to his families and the Blue Jackets organization. Just a terrible loss. Jim, this was a fun show today. Boy, Terry Pluto with some marvelous insights into the NBA draft. And, of course, uh, game three of the NBA finals tonight with phoenix and milwaukee so uh, we may have a champion crowned here pretty soon if phoenix continues to dominate but again fun show great to be back with you again this week uh, tim it's always great to hear your great voice and uh all the staff there to uh, leo and of course uh, kurt and the great marty allen it's just great to hear all your voices again no doubt and until next time yeah until next time uh, thanks to those guys jim thanks to you again Thanks to Terry Pluto for stopping on by. Biggest thanks goes to you, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed this week's edition of Cavs HQ, presented by Betway on the First Energy Cavaliers Radio Network. And until we talk again, so long, everybody. Sexton, run of the lane, down the lane, up in and foul. That toughness is how you win in this league. Now you to Allen, foul. Oh, the throw to the pro. I like it. Coro's got an open three. He'll shoot it. And it's nothing but net. All day. Oh, Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Garland to the lane, up with the left hand, and he floated it home. Trickster. Bounce to a Coro, stuffed it home. That's what that young kid gives you. Sexton, left side, contested three. Good, good. Sexton hit it! He's got that confidence.